Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? And this is episode 63 we got here at Screwball, and we got a little bit more news today. Uh, some stuff that we just wanted to bring up that's a little bit more off the beaten path of more common news. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about certain you know, accolades that pitchers have gotten in the last week. We'll obviously bring that up, but I wanted to start this week with our topic of conversation, kind of like we did last week, I believe. But this week's topic of conversation is the unwritten rules of baseball. So since Frank usually, you know, he brings us the topic every week, he brings it to my attention, what, do you want, what we're going to talk about, I'll let him kind of lead off where he wanted to kind of guide the conversation. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, I, I don't know if you have any place you want to go with it, but I know you told me it's the unwritten rules of baseball, so let's just, let's just get into it. Yeah, um, last year we've seen issues with it, with uh, Tatis um, hitting the, uh, the Grand Slam up whatever amount of runs. It was talked about then. <clears throat> it's always kind of been talked about recently. But uh, recently, we've seen it again with a Yerman Mercedes against uh, William Astadio, 3-0 pitch, position player pitching, and he decided to swing it at a grand slam, I believe. And at that point, you know, the unwritten rules came out, especially with a manager like Tony La Russa. And it really wasn't thought about too much then until the next day when the Twins threw behind uh, Mercedes. You know, they threw the pitcher out, and... After the game, Larusa said that he was not, he was he was fine with the way to handle it. I think that was a little bit uh, blown out of proportion because I think what he meant to say was, if you're upset with what happened, and that's how you wanted to handle it by throwing a you know a fastball pretty much, you know at his his thigh or or his ass, that's fine. It's mm-hmm. not at his head. It's not a cleat to his leg. It's nothing real dirty. It's just kind of a policing way the the game's been policed forever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what he meant by it. not to, like, hey, go ahead and hit my guys. But um, Larusa wasn't happy with the with the situation um, with his player, and um, it kind of caused a stir around the league about unwritten rules, and are the unwritten rules stupid? Um, should we follow them, or does anyone even know what they are? I think the unwritten rules really are just uh, a way to not be a nuisance mm-hmm. to your fellow players and your teammates, and. And certain players, I mean, it could really be a safety issue. You're going out there doing something against a guy like Amir Garrett, who doesn't take much to go off the edge. He's going to throw a 96, 97, 98 mile power pitch, and he might go up and in at you. Mm-hmm. Not just at hit you. Like, oh, he hit me in the ass. Okay, that's you know that's where you want to get hit. No big deal. He might throw at your head. Yeah. And then come fight you. Absolutely. It's a safety issue at that point. So the unwritten rules are more just like a, you know, uh, a respect thing. You're a professional. I'm a professional. Don't show me up. And some of them are stupid, you know. We've seen it all the time. One with A-Rod ran across the mound. You know, it's the pitcher's mound. You don't really have to run across it. So that's the concept there. Is it stupid? Yeah, it's kind of stupid. The idea of swinging 3-0 when you're up big, you know, that's that's stupid. Mm-hmm. It really is a stupid idea. Because you're still trying. You still have stats. Mm-hmm. You're still trying to be good. You know, I, I thought we thought the idea of pitching a position player was was kind of like a... Unwritten rule. Mm-hmm. That seems to be broken. 
So, I mean, the unwritten rules are just mostly a way to respect each other. Um, do I think some of them could be stupid? Yeah, some of them could be. But the idea of you're going to show me up, I'm going to get back at you. <clears throat> that's still an unwritten rule. Mm-hmm. And that sh- should still be followed. If you're going to show me up, I don't like the way you did things, I'm going to hit you. Sure. Simple as that. So, you know, it's not, <clears throat> not like any other sport. You know, maybe hockey's got some kind of unwritten rules, you know, mess with the goalie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how baseball is. It's a deep-rooted history of the game and such a respected to their to their peers that you just respect each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've always been on the side of, you know, the history of the game and not changing the game. And I'm still on the side of the guys like La Russa mm-hmm. and the older guys who are <clears throat> maybe adapted to the to some of the unwritten rules and adapted to the new league, but still believe that, you know, we can't be just throwing bats around and showing people up without consequence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where I'm at with the unwritten rules. Um, you know, it's it's not, I can't see how you can say it's, oh, well, it's, uh, you know, let the kids play. What does letting the kids play have anything to do with disrespecting the pitcher? He's a professional too. He's making millions of dollars. He's, you know, the 1% of people who made it to the professional baseball. Mm-hmm. He's worked just as hard as you did. There's no reason you got to throw the bat for hitting a solo home run in like the first inning of a game in May. You know, there's no reason to do, to go ballistic. There's, and I like the idea of showing emotion. There's no problem with that. Well, there's a line. Mm-hmm. And that's what the unwritten rules come in. You know, you can't, it, there's so many. Yeah. You know, you don't hit the pitcher with a pitch. Mm-hmm. It's an unwritten rule. It's not in the rule book. It's an unwritten rule. Yeah. It's just a respect, you know, you don't hit the pitcher. Yeah. And it happens. But you know how when it happens, it's like, it's, like it's almost a, like the pitcher almost puts his hand out a little bit. I was like, hey, you know, they don't try to do it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So it's it's just a way to police itself, and um, I I think they're I think it's good. I think it's just, it's you know you're gonna push the boundaries of a lot of them for a long time, and you're still gonna have people who believe in them, and you're still gonna have people who don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have a tension about it for a long time. Yeah, I think the 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 Tony Larusa situation with your Mercedes. I think the three O swinging when your team's up or whatever. Listen, if he's throwing the ball in there about 40 miles an hour, it's going to plop right into that strike zone. I mean, 3-0 count, yeah, I could see. I know why there's the argument. I don't have a problem with it, though. Uh, to me personally, I know it's one of those old unwritten rules, but, I mean, what am I going to do? Just not – I'm just going to sit there and watch this guy throw 40 down the middle. You know what I mean? Like, it's – it's. I don't know. I, I don't really have a problem with it as much as some people do. I think a lot of people in baseball have kind of moved, okay, I see what, you know, baseball's moving this direction, it's fine. But I brought up the unwritten rules here, or some of the unwritten rules, you know, so we could kind of, if people are unfamiliar with some of them, maybe they're new, newer to baseball or something. But here's just some of them that I think are relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, one, do not bunt to break up a no-hitter. That's a big, I that had pissed me off to no end if that happened in a, in a game. And it's happened before. Yeah. Um, uh... Unless there's there's circumstances where maybe it's a one nothing game, and you're trying to win the game at that point. Granted, I still don't think you should bunt, but that at least is a more understandable. I've seen people try to bunt when someone's throwing no hitter. It's four nothing or five nothing. You know, it happens. Yeah. Here's second one. Do not swing in a three zero count. Swing on a three zero count. Your team is in a comfortable lead. Don't spend time admiring your home run you hit. Uh, that's a big one that's going on lately for the last quite a few years now. Don't steal bases if your team is ahead by a significant now, that amount. One is a is a big one. Don't steal. There's no reason to run. When you're up that big, yeah, 
There's just no reason to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the mine home run, we have turned the page on that. There's still situations when you go nuts and people go a little overboard. Mm-hmm. But um, that's not so bad. But the, the stealing bases one is a, is a big no-no. There's no yeah. reason to steal bases when you're up seven nothing and it's the fifth sixth seventh in it yeah absolutely yeah I, I still i definitely agree with that one still you know don't swing at the first pitch of the at-bat pitchers allowed back-to-back home runs i've heard that before don't work the count if you're winning or losing by a lot um almost just kind of you're free swinging up there and there's stuff like you mentioned with a rod with walking across the pitcher's mound there's one don't walk in front of the catcher the umpire when you're walking the batter's box you know there's stuff like that you know don't talk about a no hitter you know, while there's one going on, you don't talk to the pitcher, you don't talk about it. So, you know, there's, there's millions, and there's millions that come up in certain situations. These are the most prevalent ones, I think, to our, our conversation. And I think some of them, we've, like you said, we turned the page on admiring the home run. I think that we've reached a level to where there is an increased level of uh, what you can do with still, still being respectful. There's a lot more pitchers in the league now that are like, okay, the guy's just, the guy got me. He's pumping up his team, whatever. I'm still not completely on board with it because I do think there are still some times the guy's helicopter in the bat and doing whatever. And then the pitcher, you know, then pitchers, who knows what they start doing. You saw Gratterall or Bruce Stark, uh, Gratterall, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how to say his name, for the Dodgers, whip his hat and his glove. So it becomes this war of escalation. Who can do the craziest shit? And I'm not, that's where I don't want to see stuff go. I I, I don't mind if you, if you show a little flair. I think that'll actually help with getting fans into baseball. I think that does help, but it has to be within what we now consider as baseball fans and baseball players, like pitchers, especially what they consider the respect line. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're pumping up your team. You toss the bat, you know, you're looking at your team, you pump your chest and you run around the bases. Maybe to the pitcher, most modern pitchers. Now you're like, ah, he got me. It sucks, but it is what it is. But if you're still in that, under that line where you didn't cross it and now there's a problem and you could get hit next at bat, I think that's fine. I've I've softened to it a little bit, but yeah, the you know the don't steal stuff like that is a big no no. I, I think we both agree on that. Don't bunt to break up a no hitter. That's a big no no. That'd piss me off. I I mean it it's simple as no matter what you do, there's there's no kneeling to run out the clock. Yeah. You, you're you have to get up to bat. Mm-hmm. So that stat's always gonna you know that has to happen. That stat's mm-hmm. gonna count against you. So you might as well try when you're up there. You don't have to steal second base. No, no. There's no need. That's the that's the idea there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bunch of other things too with with the with the unwritten rules. I mean, anything with the pitcher really, it's it always seems to be. You know, there, there's even you've even heard ones with like guys like John Lester who can't throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Why don't teams just steal second base? It's like people they won't do it. They won't do it to the absurd amount because they're like, well, well you don't do that. That I don't really understand too much. You're no. trying to win a game. You try to win a game, but you know, it's just a way really to police itself game right and it's a high level of respect to the guys so there's no need to do some of this stuff and and it's just respect to the game and one that we've really seen recently which is terrible is Javier Baez decided to get up there and bat lefty yeah that's an embarrassment to the game I don't care oh it's no fun no it's an embarrassment to the game it, it it's disrespectful to everybody involved and it's disrespectful to the game to think that you could just walk up there as a professional and bat lefty and do what you want that's just terrible that's just not how you represent the game, represent yourself, represent the other players. They're professional players. You learn this as a three-year-old. Don't don't you know rub it in on people or don't beat them up. It's, it's sportsmanship. So, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. You know, I just want to throw out, you know, the unwritten rules. Yeah, sure, there's stupid ones, and we can we adapted and stuff like that. But really, the break it right down. It just comes down to respecting the other players and respecting the other teams, um, respecting the other franchises. 
um, and respecting the game itself. And that's the biggest thing. Respect the game <clears> itself. The game has given you everything you've gotten to these guys. Given everything you've gotten. Because you take a lot of these guys out of the game, and there's not much there. So yeah, sure, there's a lot of guys who are very, very educated and in college and can go on to do bigger and better things or greater things. But there's a lot of guys who this is their lives. Yeah. Without baseball, they're back in their home country and, you know, living in poverty or doing something not great. So respect the game that's brought you this far. And that's what it's all, you know, that's what it's all about. It's a respect thing. Sure. And it's the same, hockey's got that same kind of idea. It's such an old school yeah. Respect mm-hmm. the guys before you, respect the franchise, respect the sport. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely similarities there. And I agree, as long as the, you know, because baseball will continue to evolve when we're, you know, 50, 60, 70 games, we can, I'm sure, completely different. Um, from, a, from the way it's played, not, you know, the game will always be the same, but, you know, it evolves. So these unwritten rules, some of these could be completely phased out by then. As long as where we're going with baseball, as long as it still fits within that old school, but it kind of, it's mending, you know, and, and we can make the traditional fan happy with make the new fan happy. And as long as the players in the fields, it's like the pimp in the home run, which we've been, you know, critics of, as long as it stays within what the, the MLB players and some, and the fans to a certain degree feel is within that respect boundary, then I say kind of whatever, as long as it, the pitcher doesn't feel like he's got to get you now, like you took it that far then I think it's okay. You know, I've seen plenty of bat flips that I really didn't like. I really didn't like Jose Batista's, especially at the time. I still don't know if I really like it at all, but, um, it, but it's, you know, the game changes and adapts. It's like Carlos Gomez. No. Uh-huh. And the fight where he had with Brian McCann, when Brian McCann did lumps up on the plate. Mm. There's no reason for what you did there. You're just, at that point, you were purposely, yes, you beat us there with that pitch and that swing. You, we hit a home run. Mm-hmm. But now at this point, now you're just trying to rub it in. Now you're trying to embarrass me. You're trying to make an ass of me. There's no need for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was... Because me, I, I'll strike you out the next time and won't say a word. We'll go on about my day. I'll strike out the next 10 guys and, won't, won't, you know, not a word said. Mm-hmm. But you, you're one for 10 off of me with one home run in the middle of a game and you're you're going nuts around the bases, you know, walking. You got a 40-second time around the bases. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. You're purposely... There, there's no... What are you going to say? I'm just, I'm just going around the bases. No, you're purposely going slow. You're purposely trying to disrespect me. Yep. That's that's where the boundaries come in. Don't it's just uh, when it's known and it's easily visible to see that you're disrespecting me or the game, my teammates, whatever. That's where the issues come across. And yep. That's essentially why the unwritten rules were there. Because back in the day, especially in baseball and just in the way things were, respect was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Respect now, I don't think anyone respects anything anymore. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think that's what I think that's the problem is. It's like, oh, well, well, fuck them. Yeah, yeah. Well, back then it was a respect thing. So mm-hmm. that's where these unwritten rules came in. It's like, you don't disrespect me, I won't disrespect you, we'll go about our ways, you know, we'll play the game we want to play and we'll be love and we'll get our money and we'll fucking, we'll continue playing. Now it's like, well, hopefully I can get some fans and maybe I'll get some money and maybe they'll make a t-shirt or a bobblehead or something crazy. I don't know what the thought the thought is now. Yeah. So uh, instead of just being like, you know, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to play the sport and I'm just going to go on, respect you, respect me, we'll move on. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's uh. A line that's always moving, and as time goes on, you know, let the kids play that whole thing. You know, things will change, and like I said, when we're older, things will change. You know, it just is what it is. You know, the game isn't, you know, saying when we're 60 years old, it'll be almost 40 years from now. 40 years ago, it was 19, you know, 1980-something. Game was completely different, you know. Yeah. Just look at how, you know, Greg Nettles and, and them and the Yankees and the Royals used to get into it. You know, the yeah. Yankees and the Red Sox used to get into it. You know, those 
it's just a completely different game. Yeah. You know, it's just, and that's, that's just how it is. It is different, but um, you have to adapt, but you, you still have to keep the, the idea. Some of the ideas the same. As long as the respect is there. And that's you know. the biggest thing because no matter who you are, who you think you are, who you think you want to be, or who you can can be, the game doesn't need you. You need it. That's yep. how it always is. Yeah, absolutely. Until you're done playing or or something like that, at that point maybe you know things could change. Mm-hmm. But if you picked up or and just stopped playing, um, or something unfortunate happened, as we've seen with other players and Jose Fernandez and stuff like that, as much as that hurts the game, the game's going to continue to roll on. So no matter if you're in it or not, it's going to roll on. It's true. It'll just keep moving. It's been moving for over a hundred years now, and it'll keep going. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. A lot of people, the unwritten rules come up a lot in a lot of stuff, especially in the modern day, because there's you know there seems to be this constant struggle between traditionalist baseball fans and new age baseball fans, which is good. It's good for the game to find out where we're at as a collective fan base and collective MLB, you know, association. So it's good to talk about, and um, I'm sure the game will keep. Uh, I'm sure the bat flips will get crazier and, you know, like I said, that respect line will keep moving as long as everyone fits within that and we don't have any issues and guys starting to get beamed and thrown at the head and stuff like that, then I guess it's all good. You know, if 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 the, the players that are at the end of the day are being paid to be on that field and, and they don't feel like they're being slighted and it's all within the respect game, then I got no problem with it. You know, I'll have my criticisms of it, but at the end of the day, if they're fine with it, then that's great too. Uh, to move on to our news here, uh, the first big piece of news that I figure would be on everyone's, uh, you know, on everyone's mind, because we recorded, uh, we record on Mondays and on Tuesday and Wednesday we got two no hitters, so might as well talk about those like every week. Two more no hitters, like I said, we're just throwing the past week. On Tuesday, May 18th, Spencer Turnbull, the Tigers, threw a no-hitter against the Mariners. And the very next day on the 19th, Corey Kluber, the Yankees, threw a no-hitter against the Rangers. The Rangers, Mariners, and Indians have all been no-hit twice this season. And when counting all quote-unquote official no-hitters, there have been six no-hitters already. What's going on? You know, we had a topic of conversation not too long ago about are the pitchers that much ahead of the hitters. But now I I think it goes into, and we talked about it in that episode too, I think the hitters now need to look internally and say, well, maybe this launch angle thing really ain't working. You know, uh, I, me personally, I think it's a whole lot of bullshit, the, the launch angle stuff. It's not working for everyone, that's for sure. No, it no. It need to work for everyone. No, That's sure. where you have to make, draw the line. Yeah, that's that's what I, I think too, is that there are some guys that are just going to go for the long ball and that's just the, the way they play and that's kind of, oh, that's kind of how baseball's always been. You always got the, well, not always, but for most of it's, you know, most of the time baseball's been around, you got the guy in the lineup that's the four-hitter. He cleans up. He hits the home run. That's fine. You have a few guys in the lineup now that have launch angle. But you still got to be able to – this is why the no-hitters are happening because everyone's just swinging for the fences. You don't have guys that just try to get on base and just get the base hit and try to get – you know, and move them over and get the sack fly. You know, just small ball. It just seems to be out the window anymore. Yeah. So, so six no-hitters. We're not even in June. We've got really seven if you count bum garners. Records eight, which uh, at this point it'd be it would really amaze me if we didn't get it. That was we... before the the turn of the century. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. I mean, Spencer Turnbull. Um. Great little. You know, two years ago he led the league in losses. Still a rel- relatively young pitcher. Um. So that's great for him. And then you get a guy like a veteran like Kluber to come in and throw no hitter after what he's come back from. <clears throat> and then actually against the team in the stadium that he pitched one inning last year. And oddly enough. Since he was with the team last year, he pitched one inning. Um, they had plans for bobblehead nights, 
So the Yankees came to town. They said, oh, he's playing for the Yankees now. Let's give his bobblehead away now the night that he's pitching, even though he's pitching against us. So on the night that he, the Rangers had bobbleheads of Corey Kluber in a Rangers jersey, on the night he was pitching for the Yankees, he threw a no-hitter against the Rangers. So throw all that together. Yeah, funny how the world works like that, you know? But Yeah, but it's good for a guy like that who came back a long ways uh, from a bunch of injuries. But, um, you know, he's really stacking together a great career over 100, you know, at this point, just over 100 wins, 1,500 strikeouts, uh, two Cy Youngs, a no-hitter. Yeah. So this guy's got um, a lot to, a lot on his mantle here. Yeah, sure. He saved some injuries there, and really you could have a, be having a real serious conversation here. It's already getting there, but, you know, he did have some – he had some down years, had some injured years, so, you know, it sucks. But, um, but good for him, good for Spencer Turnbull. I mean, it's insane. Someone's got to get a perfect game here, you think, at some point. They've come so close with some of these guys. I think Kluber had, what, one walk, Turnbull had two. I think that was it. That was the only blemishes. Yeah. You're right there. So, but Uh, yeah. Uh, Number two on the news here, we got Joe West uh, is going to make history. On Monday, May 24th, as of recording this, the day we're recording, umpire Joe West is set to tie the MLB record of most games umpired in the MLB. West, who is 68 years old, will be retiring at the end of the season with the record most likely in his pocket. He will break Bill Clem's record of 5,375 career MLB games. So I know Joe West some, sometimes tends to be a, um, a point of controversy for baseball fans. I've seen a lot of good talk about him, a lot of bad talk about him. Not nearly to the level of Angel Hernandez, that's for yeah. sure. I mean, God, being with the game this long, he's 68 years old. He's going to have the most career games umpired. I mean, what a career for him. Um, like I said, you know, there's controversy around him. You can't say he's perfect, but, um, congrats to him. And, uh, and me and you, I, we always just had, yeah. we always liked Joe West. I, I love Joe West. Um, <laughs> the guy's seen it all in the game of baseball. Um, but his big thing, I always liked with him and people always complain, oh, well, the strike zones aren't, aren't that great. It's consistent day in, day out. He's always going to give you a little bit off the plate, a little low. But it's consistent every day. So you know what's coming. So it's not like, oh, well, this day it was inside. This day it's outside. This day it's up. It's consistent. And he doesn't he doesn't take crap from anybody. No. He doesn't care who you are, who you think you are. Not that he's a superhero umpire. He's just trying to go about his business. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to, you know, scare him into making good calls or, or changing the calls for you. No. You know, you're an old school kind of guy. You're sure. really going to get on his nerve, you know. He'll tighten up the strike zone a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're really going to get on his nerve. We've seen him with Bumgarner. Yep. So, um, but just a great umpire who's seen it all. Um, and uh, <clears throat> been a big big part of a lot of big moments. Um, one, uh, you know, including uh, the Dave Roberts uh, steal of second base against Mariano in, the, in that series. He was yep. he's second base umpire. He said that was probably the greatest call of his career. Yeah. It was um, a good call, too. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, great for him. I love Joe West. And just a, a, a big piece of baseball, even though you don't think, uh, you know, umpire, but. I mean, that's a lot of games, and that's a, a lot of years. Mm-hmm. So, sure. uh, you know, that's good for him. And uh, got to love, uh, you know, old country Joe, cowboy Joe. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I believe he's a country singer or something. He has some sort of band or something, and he does. I think you're right. Um, and he loves classic cars. So um, go Joe West. Yeah, cool guy and uh, good for him. That's a lot, a lot of time in baseball, a lot of time. Yeah. Seen a lot of players come and go. Yeah, and he actually I had a good story with him. Um, I believe it was Big, Big, uh, Big Poppy's uh, like rookie year or one of his first spring trainings. And he was uh, he got down to first base, and Joe West was umping in spring training. And he said, uh, he told me, he said, uh, I'm glad you're going to be, uh, I'm glad you're going to be around in the league a long time. 
And Big Poppy was a young guy, and he didn't, you know, he had no clue. He's just trying to make the team. And he looked at it, and he goes, oh, well, how come you say that? And he goes, well, at least I know I'll, I'll always be at least a, the second ugliest guy here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you t- I think I remember that story. That's a good story. Yeah. And, he, and Big Poppy is a young guy. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah, yeah. He, he said, uh, at least you'll be around in the league a long time. At least now I'll know I'll be the second ugliest guy here. Always at least be a second ugliest yeah. guy here. So. Yeah, I'm sure he had a lot of great banter with with, with the players he never hear. You know what I mean? Because yeah, well, Nelson it's, Cruz with the the self in the All Star game, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, him and what Yachty was the catcher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe West is like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's it's great. It's just I don't know. He's like that the grandpa of baseball, but he's not that old. You know, to think mm-hmm. of that. You know, but he's like everyone loves loves him. Yeah, yeah. But sure. you know, he'll get on people's nerves at times, but he's oh still yeah, just, he's still just you know. Good old grandpa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm sure the the relationships you get, especially if you're in baseball a while with the umpires, you know, because he's got to be a guy that there's some guys they're they're real good friends or they're they're really well acquainted or, you know, he's I, I can only imagine the stories he can tell, you know. So that's really cool. So good for him. Yeah. Um. So this one's a little bit of a long one because it's a quote that I got here. So this has to do with the experimental changes that the MLB has been going through in the minor leagues. All of this, by the way, th- that I should cite it is coming from CBS Sports today. All the news I got. Um, this in particular is coming from CBS Sports, but the data is coming from Sam Dykstra at MLB.com. So just bear with me here. It's a pretty, pretty lengthy quote. So according to Sam Dykstra at MLB.com, quote, at the lower la- lower A level, this is all related, by the way, uh, primarily around stolen bases. Uh, at, the lower, at the low A level, where step-offs and pick-off throws are limited, stolen bases per game are up from, point, from 0.83 in 2019, because they can't compare to 2020, um, all the way to 1.42 so far in 2021. In high A, pitchers must step off the rubber before throwing to a base. Stolen bases per game are up from 0.80 in 2019 to 1.41 early going in the season. In triple A, where the bases are slightly larger, 18 square inches up from 15 square inches, steals have seen a slight bump from 0.63 in 2019 to 0.83 this season. In double A, where defensive shifts were limited, were limited, but nothing that would affect stolen base rates was implemented. Basically, nothing has changed. In 2019, base runners stole 0.76 bags per game, and in 2021, that figure is 0.79, end quote. So, uh, a lot of these, a lot of experimental changes here. Some I don't hate, some I don't agree with, uh, especially the pitcher stepping off stuff, really don't like that. Limiting the shifts, I'm willing to listen on. I'm willing to give that, you know, a try. Um, Bigger bag. I think they could do different, more unique stuff with the bag um, rather than just making it bigger. But I think that the, the the end goal here of trying to have more action in play and have the stolen base become maybe a bigger thing in the game, I don't hate the idea. I think there could be better ideas that could help this. But I don't hate the idea of, hey, let's try to get, let's try to just, you know, get the stolen bases up a little bit. Even if it's just like, look at these, they're, they're slight bumps, you know, from just a little under won a game to a little over one a game you know so slight bumps like that i i agree with the sentiment i don't know if i agree with the with the way they're doing it yeah um it's great to see stolen bases but my question uh becomes does the rules actually have anything to do with it or has it become the fact that now my cleanup hitter now my three hitter is a pure athlete i don't have the big poppy on my team anymore everybody's a pure athlete also my starting pitchers Look at baseball, they're taking an hour and a half to get to the plate anymore. There's no slide steps. Mm-hmm. There's no quick quick, you know, moves. Less people have good pickoff moves. So has it been come to the point where people are just realize, hey, the numbers are going down and these guys aren't any better at 
throwing me out. Let's try some of this. Mm. So I think, has it become the rules or has it just become, you know, it's just a, the turn? Yeah. Where it's just a, the flow. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. I'm sure the rules could help, but it also could be the fact that, you know, you got guys, um, Syndergaard's a great, you know, he's very long to the plate. So it's like you get a decent jump and you have some decent speed, which almost everybody has any good good speed anymore. Uh, it's, it becomes a lot easier. You know, I, like I said, does the rules help it? It could. Or is it the flow of the game? You know, that's yet to see. Like, I like to see mm-hmm. what the MLB's numbers are. Well, I was, yeah, I was also going to say they only give one historical, uh, one piece of historical data in the year of 2019 because there's obviously no minor league stats for 2020. Um, so I wonder what 2018, 2017, 2016 look like. Do you go further back? Are they all? Do they all sit around 0.8? Do they all sit around yeah. 0.7? Or the MLBs who has no rule has there been up a little bit? Like you see the one you said it was up from 0.76 to 0.79. Yeah. But there's been no real rule change. That the shift that's not going to really adjust much stealing bases. No, not really. No. You can even see that. I mean, it's very small, but it's it's, it's up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's the idea that they're already running without really making a rule change. So we'll see. And that's just how you could do. So, yeah. Um, but if the stolen base can come back into baseball, that'd be great. Yeah, I agree. A little bit of news I have here. Uh, we've seen Willie Adamas, um, young shortstop from the Rays, get traded to the Brewers. Um, does this open a door for Wanda Franco or um, Brojan? Is his name Brujan? Vidal Brujan, yeah. if that's how you say his um, name. I'm not so sure. You have two guys there. I didn't even have another guy who's not really a high prospect, but a young shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, so they made a trade there to get you know move him to to Milwaukee, and they got two relief pitchers. Willie Adams, you know, only 25 himself, a big part of what the Rays did last year. So that's like a, not a blockbuster trade, but um, some decent names early here in the season to see get traded. Yeah. Another piece of news here we got is uh, the Olympic qualifiers. We've seen the rosters get announced. It can't be on a 40-man roster, so that's why we've seen Todd Frazier added late. Um, guys like David Robertson, uh, Homer Bailey, you know, we've seen some guys like this get, get on their roster, which is cool to see. Some players who are still trying to pitch in the majors say like, hey, let me go pitch for the Olympics so not everybody can do. Mm-hmm. And not everybody can say they did. So let me get some innings played here and showcase myself as well as try winning, qualifying, and winning a, you know, a gold medal. Yeah, sure. So I think that was pretty cool. And we're going to see. It's always cool to see some you know, older guys too. I mean, obviously these guys are still kind of in the league. But like the Baseball World Classic, you used to see guys like, uh, I remember years ago, Bernie Williams was done with MLB, but he was playing in the Baseball Classic. So it was mm-hmm. always kind of cool to see those guys. Yeah. So uh, the Olympics is pretty cool, especially to see guys – uh, like Frazier and, and guys you kind of uh, really um, watch, you know, and still want to play in a major. So it's, it's like a tryout for them. Yeah, it always uh, – it's it's different from the World Baseball Classic where you have all the players in it. So you kind of – or, well, not all the players, but, like, more of your active players. Where with the uh, Olympics, it's always, like, the, it's always like, like these guys that are still trying to get in or they're trying to make a comeback or something. So there's still obviously talent. It's just uh, – I would always just imagine, what if you just gave the best nine or the best 25 – on a Olympic team, it would be like it would be like the, the basketball teams back in the day. The it would be, teams, yeah. it would be ridiculous. We'd you know, shut the league down for that's yeah that's so that's the old, you know that's the what do you want you know which I I I'm fine with just the season going on and giving the other guys showcases kind of and letting see because they're talented you know the they could definitely classic is good enough you get your yeah. Olympics quote yeah. unquote without missing baseball time exactly that's exactly the perfect, perfect way to do it. Which is uh, we were missing out on, correct? The World Baseball Classic because of COVID. And- I believe it moved back a year or so. I'm a, I don't know what it, I don't know. They have they don't ever. I don't think they really announced a schedule for it. That's why I wasn't sure. Um, but hopefully we get that because I do like the World Baseball Classic. Exciting. But uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, you know, that's, that, that was pretty much my uh, my bit of news here. So if you want to go into um, 
you know, uh, who's doing the best right now. We can go right into hot and cold. Yeah. So to wrap up uh, the news segment and all that stuff and kind of get into our hot and cold teams and players, uh, who's doing the best right now? Padre is currently on the best record in the league at 30 and 17, while the Dodgers are in second in the NL with a 29 and 18 record. On the AL, the Rays on the best record as of today. Uh, I had to change it because uh, there was an afternoon game. Uh, the Rays on the best record in the league, while the Red Sox on the second best record in the league at 29 and 19, the Rays being at 30 and 19. Uh, the Padres on the best run differential in the league at plus 75, and the Pirates on the worst at minus 78. Maybe could have had something to do with losing like 20 to 1 or whatever that game was. Yeah. Uh, that probably had something to do with it. So the Tigers do not own that run dif- worst run differential uh, accolade anymore. Yeah, well, I wouldn't hold your breath there. Yeah, so it's now going to be maybe maybe the Pirates and the Tigers will be down there, yeah, but we'll makes, see. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, but how about the the Rays rattling off 11 in a row here as of, as of recording this on Monday? And uh, Padres, I mean, the Dodgers are making a little bit of a, a run now, too. They got cold, and now they're hot again. But the Padres and the Dodgers right there at the top, kind of like we thought. So That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And then the Giants are clinging on. They're still playing okay. So, I mean, that's always surprising, too. But, yeah, so to move on to from there to the hot and cold players. So, for this week, the players of the week, uh, for the AL at least, were um, – uh, we're pitchers, so I got I don't have players of the weeks so in my hitting categories here. You will, and we already talked about them, so you kind of know who's coming. Um, so my five hot players for the week, number one, I had no particular order like usual. I have Nick Castellanos with a 524 average, a 952 slugging, uh, and a 1536 OPS. Uh, number two, I have Austin Riley with a 478 average, a 1304 slugging, and a 1784 OPS. Uh, Jesse Winker with a 409 average, a 1227 slugging, a 1707 OPS. I believe he had six home runs in in the last week here. It's pretty damn impressive. Uh, number four, I have Brian Anderson, a 476 average, a 714 slugging, a 1274 OPS. And when I, for the last guy, when I do these, I usually try to pick guys with at least like like 18 to 20 at bats, just like to have a good sample size. My last guy is Tatis. He had 14 at bats, but uh, golly, I mean, I had to put him on here. He had a 786 average, a 1929 slugging, a 2752 OPS, just absolutely raking since coming back. So, like I said, I usually try to keep it to where the guy has a big sample size. I don't like to have 10 at-bats and the guy went 8 for 10. It's kind of like a little cheesy, you know. So, uh, But those are my hot guys for the week, uh, my hot hitters. Yeah, uh, a couple guys I wanted to throw in there. Garrett Cooper for the Marlins had a walk-off the other day. He's also uh, batting, I believe he's batting over 400 over his last uh, seven days. Mm. And... Uh, Edmundo Sosa, mm-hmm. Cardinals, I believe he's batting over 500 for them. Uh, uh, older guy, and they really uh, really like him in the organization, but he's uh, really been a big part of filling in for some uh, injured guys. Mm-hmm. Some pitchers to look at, um, really all the Yankee starters, they have a yeah. team record of, uh, <clears throat> what, what is their streak now, 37, 38 consecutive innings from starting pitchers without giving up a run. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. Uh, first time since, like, Red roughing in the 1930s mm-hmm. that we've had. The Yankees had something like that. So all the Yankee starters, that's Cole Kluber, Montgomery, uh, Talion, Domingo Herman, they're all pitching great right now. Yeah, really are. Some other guys, Herman Marquez picking it up. Uh, Cody Petit for the mm-hmm. Marlins um, pitched great. Spencer Turnbull, obviously, and Dan Dunning pitched great against the, the Yankees the other day. But, uh, yeah, you know, just, uh, just want to throw those guys out there. Um some of these pitchers, especially Cody Petit, young guy, um, and then like I said, the Yankee starters are record breaking right now, team franchise record breaking at least. Yeah. What they're doing. 
yeah, it's uh, something to watch. The teams like that start getting hot, you know. Uh, so it's good for them. Good for those pitchers. Some guys, you know, Cody Petit. I didn't even. It took me a little thinking before I could remember who he was, you know. So good for. It's always good to see that instead of just seeing the usual suspects on there, you know. Yeah. Um, so to get into my cold players, my cold hitters. Um, again, no particular order. Number one, Eugenio Suarez batted uh, .048 over the last week. Uh, .048 average, a 190 slugging, and a 321 OPS. Uh, having himself quite the rough year, especially in the average department, Suarez. Okay. Number two, Harrison Bader, .053 average, 105 slugging, 248 OPS over the last week. Uh, Justin Turner, .053 average, .053 slugging, a 153 OPS. It's a really rough week at the plate. Uh, Jorge Soler, number four, .056 average, 222 slugging, and a 278 OPS. So clearly his on base must have been a .056 as well because the slugging was actually quite a bit above. And uh, last here, number five, Luke Voigt, .059 average, .059 slugging, and a .297 OPS. Yeah, a lot of guys, all these guys here batting under 100 in the last week. Um, you know, Voigt having a little trouble since coming back. Um, Turner, a little surprising out of him. He's usually, he's usually pretty consistent with the Dodgers. Soler, I guess, still got some power numbers, but... Not in the average apartment. And Suarez, no surprise there at all in any of it. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, some other guys to take a look at. Uh, Josh Donaldson really struggling, batting under 100. And uh, Jared Kalanick uh, came up and has been uh, relatively quiet for the Mariners, but I uh, wouldn't expect that to last much longer. No, no. Um, He's good. Yeah. Some pitchers that are uh, really struggling right now. JT uh, Brewbaker, or Brewbaker for the Pirates. Aaron Bummer. Getting beat up out of the bullpen for the White Sox. Matt Harvey, after a pretty solid start um, to to the season, has really been beat up the last couple starts. Eduardo Rodriguez and Griffin Canning, who's really been struggling uh, with the Angels this year. Um, so those are some some hot, uh, some cold pitchers to go along with those uh, cold hitters. You know, then then I just want to get into some injuries. Um, again, you know, we're still talking big names, um, and, and the first one here is the, probably the biggest name um, in all of baseball, and that is Mike Trout with the calf strain. Expect to miss eight to ten weeks. So I'm just going to blame Mike for, right. for Trout getting hurt. I don't know. That one episode, <laughs> he said something about Trout getting hurt and missing some time. God forbid. And I think now we got it. So I blame Mike for that. Sure. An easy yeah. target. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, some other guys. We're looking at Kevin Biggio went on, went on the IL. Uh, Chris Davis. I mean, uh, a big name, but not a big uh, – doesn't make a big impact anymore, but it's a big name. He's out for the season. You know, uh, he's getting, a, what was it, hip surgery or something? Something like that, um, yeah. I think it could have been a cracked nail, and he would have been out for the season. The Orioles are just trying to get out from underneath his contract. Yeah. I think next year, um, I think he'll have, what, one year left after after next season? So he has two years now. I think you'll probably see him get released at that point. Yeah. Most of the contracts, you know. You just up, eat it. Yeah, beaten up at that point. You might as well just get rid of him. Um, Aaron Hicks, uh, wrist surgery, placed in the IL. Uh, JT Real Muto, placed in the IL. Miles Mikolas, which is a shame because he finally came back, pitched like five shutout innings, and then placed back on the IL. Um, so hopefully he can come back because that's uh, he's a pretty good pitcher and a pretty good story, um, and he would help that uh, first place Cardinals team for sure. Uh, Wade Miley, we've seen him a no hitter, placed mm-hmm. in the IL. Nick Senzel, a great talent, hurt every single day, always always day to day, always has some sort of injury. He's on the IL. Mike Mustak is tough as nails on the IL. Keanu Kella. For the Padres, Tommy John, he's done for the year, obviously, placed in the IL. And then on the better, you know, the lighter side of things, the better side of things, we got Cody Bellinger, rehab, he's on his way back. Mm-hmm. Will Myers activated, he is back. Kyle Freeland is about to be activated for the Rockies. Hopefully, he can turn his, 
you know, nightmare uh, year or so around, um, going back to last year and the year before. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, he was in the Cy Young race. That's right. Yeah, he was. So, Cattell uh, Marte is back. Christian Yelich is back. Jazz Chazom is back. DeGrom will be back tomorrow. He was throwing 100 miles per hour and, you know, high A or low A the other day. Yeah, just not um, fair. <laughs> yeah, calls it a ruckus out there. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer on the way back. He'll be back. I think he actually was activated. Oh. Either activated or about to be activated. I, I don't remember now. Yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, right on the cusp at the very least of being back. So that's some bigger names on the way back, but also a lot of bigger names losing. So it's just a, you know, give or take kind of. It's a shame we see anyone get hurt, but especially these big names like Trout and, and, and guys like that. It's just a shame because, you know, at this point, you're starting to run up against um, with some of the Trout's, some of the Trout's uh, injury uh, history. Uh, not that it's been huge, but he has missed a decent amount of games over his his little career here. Um, and then there's the shortened season last year. You're you're starting to he's starting to creep his way into the the category of boy, what was his stats would have been, the Kingerfee yeah. idea. Like his stats are still going to be great, mm-hmm. but what would they have been without yeah. all these injuries? Sure. And that's kind of where he's starting to creep here. Mm-hmm. So that's a shame. So hopefully he can just kind of ride out four or five real healthy years in a row and really you know kind of turn that around. But he's yeah. really starting to uh, you start question like is is this going to really are we going to miss out on a lot of his career because of just stupid injuries yeah and he, he's still young but you know he's going to be on the other side of 30 soon so that's when you know things do your stats start to go down and the injuries maybe prop up even more so hopefully they stays away and hopefully maybe his il stints remain small but yeah i, I hate to see a guy like that because he's really a guy that i really like and most baseball fans should like and to see that happen to kind of like our, our ambassador of the game or our you know our star as a, as a baseball community it sucks. You know, see yeah. someone like that get hurt. So yeah, definitely. So uh, I just wanted to go with to uh, you know all the no hitters we got here. Um, with all the no hitters, you know I don't want to go with the you know which year and all that, but I wanted to go with a with a crazy one I seen, and um, yeah, another two part one. It always seems to go that way. Mm. Um, what is the most consecutive hitless innings in MLB history, and by which pitcher? Maybe I might be researching it before. Um, oh man. And we got down a rabbit hole, um, but the, the the record is twenty five and a third, hitless consecutive hitless innings, which comes at the seventy six straight batters. Yep. We had a hit, and the pitcher was the one and only Cy Young. The streak started on April twenty fifth of nineteen oh four. He then threw a perfect game on May fifth of nineteen oh four, which I believe is the first official perfect game in MLB history. Yep. And this streak ended on May eleventh of nineteen oh four. So this yep. was a 25 to third hitless consecutive hitless innings by Cy Young, which amounted to 76 straight hitters without a hit. Mm-hmm. That is the record. That is incredible. You would think people would thought, you know, even Mike here thought it was what Josh Van Meter, Jeremy Van Meter, yeah, so only got to throw back to back starts with a no hitter. That's you know at least 18 innings. Uh, but no, it's uh, our buddy Cy Young here with the award named after him. And then people could even thought, oh, you got Mark Burley. He has the record for. Uh, most consecutive perfect innings with 15. Mm-hmm. But nope, not it there. It's Cy Young with 25 and a third. Yeah. And 76 straight hitters. It's insane. Without a hit. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, it seems to be un- unbreakable, but the way baseball's going now, you throw a reliever out there, guy like Chapman or something, where he's just going out there and he's going nuts. You, you know, never know. Yeah, you never know. Really. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised in this day and age, but... I don't think you get there, mm-hmm. but you never know. You really never know. Yeah. 
by the way, to add a little context to that, if you're wondering, well, how could he, if he only threw one perfect game in there, how could he have 25 and a third, face so many batters? It's because so it was April 25th that started. He had a start where he, he finished the game and didn't give up any hits. He also had appearances in two games within, like, the perfect game. He had one an appearance before the perfect game and one after the perfect game. So he wouldn't have gotten a no-hitter because there were only appearances. So he finished a game no-hit. His appearance was no-hit. Perfect game another no-hit appearance, and then he finally gave up a hit at some point in the other game. So that's where it all, we had to look it up, because it didn't make, in my head, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So that's where, back then, you know, guys just pitched, so they, he pitched all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's where it comes from. So, But that's that's just uh, an, an incredible, incredible number. Yeah, really a number that, like you said, could only come from that era of baseball or possibly this new era of baseball. You know, it's just such a ridiculous, such a ridiculous thing, you know, sure. so. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Cy Young, obviously a legend of the game. We have the award named after him, if you weren't familiar. <laughs> Anyone out there. But yeah, it's definitely a good one. I don't know I don't know how many people will really get that right off the bat. Your, your trivia questions definitely tend to definitely test the knowledge. Uh, my baseball knowledge, for sure, stretches it, stretches it out. So um, so we'll see what happens with the when we put the trivia question out on Twitter. But that's kind of all I got for this episode. Hopefully, next time we record, there's not another eight no-hitters to talk about. Um, we'll see. I'm sure after we talk about this tomorrow, there will be one just to really make us happy that we record on Mondays. Um, yeah. But other than that, you know, it's kind of a little bit busier news week, but not uh, not like some weeks where we really struggle to find stuff to talk about. You yeah. Know? The only couple of things I could throw in there, uh, one, Corey Kluber threw a no-hitter. Uh, oddly enough, me and Mike that day were talking to each other around 5 p.m. ish or so and we were saying how the Yankees had one of the longest action street if not the longest action street without a no hitter mm-hmm. um, and then you know we were like well they're gonna throw one at some point mm-hmm. especially with Garrett Cole and some guys like that and we are like that'll be someone weird Mike threw out Gumby Jordan Montgomery mm-hmm. and you know I was like well maybe Kluber could throw one or something you know he's still got this nasty stuff at times mm-hmm. and then that day I when I text your third inning Mm-hmm. Maybe through the third inning. Like, I'm like, Corey Kluber's got something cool going. Sure. I yeah. knew immediately. I'm like, this guy is gross right now. Me too. I, I turned on the game. He was through four outs. He struck out three of those four people. I looked at my dad. I said, he's doing something pretty cool right now. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? And I texted him, <laughs> Mike, in the third inning. I'm like, he's throwing something. He's doing something real pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was that was just ironic. Or we're just that good. Um, yeah. Right. We just knew. Yeah. Uh, other things to look for. I mean, we've seen one somewhat impactful trade um trade rumors are going to heat up um we're getting into june here soon so the the, the trade rumors and the uh that uh, spinning wheel will take off here soon mm-hmm. um so that'll really liven up uh, our news weeks yeah and uh the last little bit is this weekend is memorial day weekend so that's always a great time for baseball a great time really it, it's like the all right the season's going you're either good or you're not good now mm-hmm. sure. it's time to you know time to flip the coin and find out what side you're on. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a big turning point in the season. And, uh, yeah, it's just a great time to um, to go out and uh, enjoy the weather, the time, um, with uh, things lifting and, and mandates and, and being able to see people and go out and have enjoy yourself um, some Memorial Day weekend. So I just want to have everybody to go out and have a good time. Yeah, go out, be safe, enjoy yourself. We're starting to get back to normalcy here, slowly but surely, and uh, – yeah, everyone, happy Memorial Day, and, and like I said, just be safe and have fun. Yeah. Um, so with that, if you want, wrap this up and get out of here. That's it. 
All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen our, on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Mike Lepre. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike Lepre. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FDubstead. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.